Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, we're talking about the strategy of buy lowish and sell highish. Basically, aim for the shoulders and the knees when you're, when you're going rather than eek and trough. Andrew, how's it going? What's in the news? Going well. Yeah. What are we seeing out there? Let's see. We've got, oh, this, so this is interesting, at least to, uh, you know, people following Ethereum closely. Uh, there's news. The merge uh, is coming in August. Um, that may mean nothing to you, but this will uh, help transition ETH from a proof of state to proof of work chain, uh, which will reduce ETH's uh, energy, uh, the energy consumed when ETH is being uh, run for transactions. Um, there's a lot of other upgrades that uh, are somewhat technical, but it is big news. It's been pushed back a few times. So if it really is coming in August, that is, uh, that's very good for ETH um, and is coming relatively soon. Yeah, I think there's also upside for layer twos. If I'm understanding some of the news that has been coming out about how that's going to be making it more efficient to push in blocks uh, for, you know, things like polygon optimism layer twos that live on top of, live on top of um, Ethereum. So yeah, I'm very optimistic about it, but I'm, I'm trying to abide by my original many rules of don't get too excited and don't overhype things coming in the future. Everyone's not going to come running. He's not going to suddenly triple. Be nice if it did. Lord knows, because actually, you know, recently there was also a hiccup in uh, ETH block stack where they had to like roll back something like seven blocks for reorg things. And there was some questions about, you know, as their instability. So it's going to be a still very long, you know, few months or more till that launch, because guess what? They're building in public. They build on the chain. They build in these public calls, and people are going to be, you know, playing up and playing down all of the natural things that happen when you try to launch this big shift. But the the macro picture makes me very happy that it's moving into a much more efficient code base and environmentally friendly. If just being raw about the amount of energy it takes to maintain a chain. Yeah, I think it also could help shift a lot of the narratives that are um, are out there. So I'm excited about that part as well. Uh, let's see some other news, uh, sort of from uh, one of the Ethereum founders, the most well-known, Vitalik Buterin wrote a post on soul-bound tokens. Uh, so the idea with a soul-bound token is that unlike an NFT, they would not be able to be transferred to another wallet. This would be uh, the idea is that it can be used for something like a, an accreditation, a, a degree, or um, something that you earn personally, but somebody else would not be able to just take over. Um, so I think this is something that you'll be hearing more about. There's a lot of uh, a lot of discussion about it. There aren't projects or anything out yet, but I think it is something to 
to just be aware of and start learning about, because I'm sure we will start seeing this more uh, in, later in the year. Yeah, there's a lot of ups, you know, there's a lot of upside to what you can see there. It's like, oh, what if your wallet gets hacked? Well, again, there are, if it can't be transferred, then it's always associated with that address. So, you know, things would have to go very, very sideways for you to like completely lose all access. And even if you did, I'd imagine there's a, a world where your fingerprint is essentially on the NFT itself, your fingerprint being that ETH address, or maybe even personally identifiable information. You know, there's a lot of different applications that are associated with that and might, you know, make things like accreditation and, and things that are inherently you as identity, uh, be married to certain types of wallets that you choose to use. And it, it's like one of those things that it's an also ran, it, it's not a headline, but then becomes like, holy cow, could you believe that like this new technology came out and we were able to do these 60 other things? And, you know, it's kind of, an, it's kind of hard to, to understand the, the second order effects, but I tend to listen when, uh, when Vitalik says stuff, because he's a smart, smart fella. Yeah, I think it takes a little, little while for it to, uh, to get around because he does seem to use a lot of words to say it. And, ooh, it's not, it's not the easiest to read the first time through. So um, it's good to have other people talking about it. And I think, it, and I think now we'll start seeing people start acting on this a bit more. Let's see, one other just small news of note was that eBay launched an NFT uh, in partnership with uh, one of, it was with Wayne Gretzky. So I think, um, yeah, I don't think this is much of an NFT to, to pay attention to. I think it's a bit more of um, a company's trying to, to, to gain some relevance, gain some, some news headlines uh, by uh, making their way into NFTs. I'm definitely not recommend, recommending to to go mid this unless you happen to be an extreme Wayne Gretzky fan. But um, just just uh, be aware when companies are getting into it that don't necessarily have uh, many other ties. Whatever. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I got to go mint one. I'm not going to go. Good one. Good one. I had to. You know I had to. You know, looking All at... All right. So we are getting back to... Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have someone else? Yeah, just really quick. I just wanted to shout out to like the overall market because it was tanking pretty aggressively the other week and it's going down, but not as much. <laughs> the pulse is slowing down. <laughs> We're bleeding less every week. How about that? The the rate of death. Uh, no, the overall NFT market, 16% down, looking at a trail in seven days. Uh Solana though is down less than a lot of other platforms, top platforms. Uh, as opposed to overall Ethereum. And a shout out to our last week, watch the segue, last week where we danced with a Solana base, because we're trying to not be all thud all the time. A Solana base, our first choice of cardboard citizens, uh, even though we couldn't mint it because of how fast and awesome the Solana network is, uh, it minted at 1.5 and it's currently sitting at five, five uh, Solana, sold, five sold. So that would have been a, a good, nice flip for anyone who listened and executed. Good job to you if you were able to, to get in there uh, or even pick up something uh, off the floor before this one went up. But it is in the top 20 and certainly in the top number of uh, Solana NFTs going in place. So keeping on with uh, the hot hand that I feel like I had have based on absolutely no data 
minimal research. Obviously, this is not financial advice. I'm looking at Smart C Society, Smart S-E-A Society, and this is on Magic Eden. And this is going to drop, because I'm trying to find things that are upcoming on the launch pad, because I think there is a, a market that is more and more sniping these types of like newly minted and, and launch pad. But I think Magic Eden does a good job curating and building up and just they're, they're doxing things and checking it. Uh, and they have an escrow in place. So like there's some validation that they're doing. And with this one, I see some utility. The actual art of these silly cart photorealistic fish with different hats and whatnots on them. I think they're angler fish. And this is going to be both a community, but also a tool, a AI driven NFT platform with also Twitter and other types of floor analysis predictions built into it. And it's going to be, I think, a Solana focused thing. So this is, I'm kind of going back on exactly what I last episode where, oh, be careful when you get all your money up front. How do you make money going down the road? That's a question, certainly. But in terms of utility, it's got a heck of a lot more potential utility than let's say a ripoff of the board Ape that I'm watching just sort of go up in value on Solana. And I have no reason why other than it's meme. This seems like uh, it's got a roadmap with things that are completed, um, including Discord and other analytic tools in place. So Andrew, what are you seeing here? Yeah, take a look at this on Magic Eden. You know, I do like that they say that the team is doxxed, as we mentioned, that is privately doxxed. Um, it says that they see funds go to a third-party escrow and are released in one day. I do like there is some utility here, but it looks like it actually, it's not a, it's not a pass or a ticket type of uh, NFT that we've seen a lot of other uh, kind of utility-based projects use. It looks like these are actually little, let's see, they're fish. I guess of a sort with all sorts of different, uh, characteristics to them. So I do like the, the visual image to them. I think that helps bring collectors in, um, that don't necessarily look at it just as a ticket, um, helps people maybe try to trade up for better ones and, you know, it depends how it's done, but I think that's generally, uh, generally adds more value and interest to a project. Um, and I, if they can really do all these things that they are saying they can do, I think it'd be a really cool tool to check out and. Um, yeah, I'm definitely worth, or I think it's worth giving it a shot at this, um, 1.9, uh, soul mint price. And again, I found that on Launchpad. That's going to drop, it says in, gosh, uh, 528. So on 528, that's, uh, when it's going to drop. And then, you know, you can, depending when you're listening to it, go on to Magic Eden. I'll say that I have liked, I've really liked Magic Eden. I think it's a superior platform in many ways, in terms of the analytics, at least, to OpenSea. It shows you like really good price distributions and activity, and I, you know, it's it's a it's a very strong platform. And and, and the more I've gotten comfortable with it, the, the better I feel like I can, you know, at least make bad decisions faster and more informed. <laughs> more informed or at least they're more informed but no more informed about where uh, where it's going yeah gosh only knows uh, and i will say i'm just i i'm still floored by how you know you know whatever fight but you know the trip and ape tribe which is a, a 
I want to be clear, pure and utter knockoff. Don't pass go, don't collect $200 of like mutinies. You couldn't, you couldn't even try less to, to do this. And somehow, you know, it, it's average sale price is at 54 soul. I want to be very clear. Those types of things have got very, very short shelf lives. So when I'm looking in here, I'm trying to come back to like, how is their utility evolved? Because if a project like this can take off and larger projects are going to be able to take off out of the Solana network, that means if someone's actually doing something artistically unique, utility value, there is actually a decent chance that it can attract the type of people that are like, oh, wait a minute, this thing's actually a good thing. Because I think there's a whole separate ecosystem that are like people that are soul only. And, you know, I, more and more big things I think will come out of Solana. Whether or not we can hit them with a dart, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, there's your hot take. Remember, not financial advice. I'm talking about fish. They give you access to analytics. And with that, alrighty. Buy lowish, sell highish. So you've heard this adage of in the market of equities, buy low and sell high, my son, and you'll you'll do just fine. I can't tell you how you know, impossible, truly impossible it is. And, and you, you can actually look at the blockchain and it's hilarious to see like, there's exactly like zero people that perfectly hit a high and a low. And I see some analysts like one out of a hundred thousand get it right. So, okay. What that really means is we have to emotionally and psychologically be fine with hitting the shoulders and knees. So the price somewhere toward where it's going to be belling somewhere in that bottom 10 to 20%, and then somewhere toward the peak. I mean, recently, both, you know, you and I, Andrew, like we sold before the peak of a certain project and we were, oh, well, <laughs> still made something, but could have made. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's important to think about because a lot of the time you'll see, you'll see people wait too long to sell. And, you know, the idea is, well, ah, oh, it should have sold when, you know, when it was at two and now it's back at 1.8. Yeah. But I think like the next time it gets to two, that's when I'll sell. And, you know, and then it gets to one point you know, it, it gets to 1.9 or something, but it doesn't get to that too. And you're like, no, no, I think it's going to keep going. Maybe it gets to you're like, no, no, no it's going to keep going this time. And, and you know, you've even, you've even realized you've, you've come to the, the realization that maybe there's no, there's no new catalyst coming that the, the news had already, had already broken. And it seems like the market, it, you know, took it, took it fine, but maybe it wasn't as excited as, as you had hoped. And you keep hoping that it's gonna, that the next thing is going to come and you know, I don't like to be in that position of just hoping I like to look, be able to look towards something and say, you know, I think that there's a reason that this is going to, to hold value or that, that, that value will be added to something in it. You know, it's something that I try to keep in mind and, you know, certainly not uh, saying that I am always able to sell at the right time, but I think you've got to realize that at times you've got to look at, you know, it's not getting back to that, that high, you're probably not going to be the one to sell it at the exact high. And that if, if there's, you know, if, if volume and sales are waiting and there isn't something coming that maybe, you know, maybe it's worth selling at a, you know, not at the all time high, but still at a price that is, you know, going to give you a profit and that you can leave knowing that, you know, you did pretty well on it, even if it wasn't the absolute maximum that uh, could have been taken away. Yeah. I think I've made the mistake of holding too long rather than, you know, selling too soon, more often and more damaging, I'd say, uh, over, right. you know, my track record. 
yeah, I, I think that's selling too soon. I don't know. I mean, there's definitely times where I, I, I sold too soon. And I think it's because when I think of too soon, it's because I sold too soon, almost in relation to the, the event that, that I thought was going to drive the price up a bit. Um, and I think that's worth keeping in mind that if you, if you do something, think something is coming and going to add value, let that play out before, before selling, um, let it play out a bit, but also realize that you can sell on the way up and that yes, there could be a higher price, but you've also got the sale when there's attention and volume on the project, because we know that volume can dry up really quickly. And that piece, there's nothing changed. Even the perception of the, the project or the artist maybe hasn't changed, but people have just decided they don't want to buy anymore. Yeah. And things sit on the shelf for two, three, four days. And you're being like, well, what happened? I thought the price was there. It's like, yeah, a floor price is there, but you also need the buyer. Absolutely. So I'd say, you know, how to be okay selling for a gain. I've heard the, the tactic of sort of when you buy a thing, being like, all right, here's my threshold. I am fine with a three X or a five X on something. And if that happens, because we're talking about affordable projects. So, you know, to be clear, you know, if you're getting in for like 0.1, you're like, let's just be honest. If I thing starts to go around 0.5, I'm going to get curious about selling. And, you know, that's still booking, booking that, uh, booking that win. And, you know, what comes up comes back down. So you could always get back in usually when it, you know, comes on, comes on the backside, you know, I was mentioning DGENs, right? I, um, I think I picked it up above where the current floor is, but I also got that drop. And so, you know, you're, you're saying like, I get there's a natural life cycle to these things and, and, and paying attention to where you, where you are on that. But volume is a good indicator of uh, what's going on. And you, you want to ride that, but also, you know, be careful because one of the things that, at least in my last mistake, is when a floor just gets swept and suddenly creates this frenzy. But that can happen at any point point because of the way that whales can kind of move into to different projects and suddenly you know you had this floor price that was like pretty far above your price is pretty far above the floor and all of a sudden it's right there so understanding what that looks like and where you are at those floor distributions those different plateaus so are you between the plateaus or are you at the next plateau is another thing to consider when you begin to sort of throw out the rod cast it out there and wait for a, wait for a bite. Yeah. Anyway, emotionally prepared. That's what I'd say. Be emotionally prepared. And one of the things I really do is I stop looking at the freaking thing afterward. <laughs> That's my real trick. Just stop looking at the price. If you sold it, you're done. Just don't do it. Yeah, you know, I think one thing to to keep in mind. And I said this. Yeah, I can't remember now if I said this uh, <laughs> in this episode. I've said it in the past. Is, you know, just when you're when you want to watch some of these really closely. Um, you know, there's times where I buy and I'm ready to hold that for a long term. You know, if it's, if I'm buying an artist piece that, you know, I, I really, I'm not looking for a quick flip. And there's other times where I think, you know, there is some momentum here and I think that it can, you know, there's potential for this to ride up, you know, and sometimes, you know, and I, I kind of know that this is one that isn't one that I necessarily think or, or am confident will be there, you know, in a year that I even want to hold for six months. And, you know, in those situations, I... I see it move really quickly. I think that there's, it's probably a decent time to look for a sale. Um, especially if you have, if you did buy, you know, buy two of them, um, definitely nice to be able to, to sell, um, at that point and realize that there's, you know, other people that hold are going to see that that price 
came up quickly and think, well, you know, maybe I should get some of that and, and sell their piece. And then it, you know, it does bring new listers when you've, when the floor, uh, floor price moves it significantly. So if you are watching that closely, there can be potential to, you know, to maybe move in there before, uh, some other people do and, you know, take some profit and be okay with that, uh, knowing that there's, you know, a decent chance that, that, that floor price will fill in and come back down a bit. And some advice from a man who said he wouldn't trade, I think, $25 for all the Bitcoin in the world. Warren Buffett never went, no one ever went broke taking a profit. And so that's a, an important point uh, to remember. And that's my last bit of wisdom on this, I think. All right. Well, taking wisdom from a guy who wouldn't buy all the Bitcoin in the world for... On NFTs. Hmm. All right. Sounds good. It's strong logic. All right. Remember... Leave us a rating and hang out in the Discord. Say hi. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.